guardian angels, and patron saints. Pray for us. Well, my apologies for the little exchange there at the start of Mass. Nothing like uh, getting bawled out in the morning to wake you up, get you ready to, to worship. Um, if you heard any of that exchange, please don't be concerned. There's nothing to be worried about, um, just empty threats, but we'll, we'll try to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Today, in the Scripture readings, the <clears throat> reading from the Old Testament discusses the or tells the story of Abram's call to leave his land, to leave his kinsfolk, to leave everything that he's earned and worked hard to gain and go to a land that the Lord will show him. This call of Abraham is the source of the covenant that God eventually makes with him and the reason we refer to him as the father in faith. Our father in faith, Abraham. From his faith, that is his willingness to not just honor the Lord in words, but to obey him in his deeds, this command that doesn't appear to be a moral command, it doesn't appear to be a, a specific task, simply trust me. Trust me in this very concrete and consequential way for you personally. So too, in the second reading, St. Paul counsels Timothy to bear hardship, the hardship that comes from the gospel with the strength that God will give him. And so we, we see in these readings here, which is a common thread throughout the scriptures, that it is in renunciation, it is in accepting hardship, in the phrase of our Savior's own creation, to carry our cross, that we find fruitfulness. Because Abram, in obeying God's command, becomes a source of blessing for all the families of the earth. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you, and all the families of the earth, here translated communities, all the families of the earth shall find blessing in you. That is in the faith of which you are this prime example. And of course, all of these figures throughout the Old Testament who do trust God in this way are pointing to Christ who is the perfect servant of his heavenly Father. And in renouncing everything, including his own life, he becomes the fulfillment of that promise and is a source of blessing and life for the whole world. And so we discern a principle here, a general rule that we could apply in every circumstance according to its demands. In renunciation for Christ's sake, fruitfulness is born. Now, we know this to be true, but we are afraid. We are afraid to follow in this radical way, this utter faithfulness. In our contemporary times, there's many reasons to withdraw, to hold back from this total faithfulness to God, according to our state in life. Right? We're not all called to be 
monks and hermits fasting in solitude and constant prayer. That's not the call that all of us are to receive from the Lord in order to be faithful. But we, we do each receive a call. The Lord addresses each of us in our own particular way. He entrusts us with a particular mission to accomplish, however hidden and ordinary that mission might be. But he also calls us to continually strive to be more faithful to that mission and to surrender more completely so that we might bear more fruit. What are the fears that often cause us to hold back. We're afraid of conflict. We're afraid of conflict. <clears throat> we fear that if in a situation where we live unreservedly in such a way as to, as to become a reflection of God's goodness, that others will judge us, that others will criticize us, or we'll take our faithfulness as a criticism of them. We experience this most often in the context of families and oftentimes in celebrations. A question that I get very frequently, maybe you all have asked this question before. Father, I have a, a sibling or a childhood friend or a coworker or a daughter who, though they were raised Catholic, have left the faith, and they're getting married in a courthouse, in a barn, on the beach, wherever it might be. What's my responsibility? Should I, should I attend that? Should I participate in that celebration? What are my responsibilities there? Can I send a gift? Right, these particular questions, which hang more on social courtesy more than anything, enunciate a kind of fear that we have that if I actually bring up these concerns that I have, there will be conflict, I will be disliked, I will be rejected. There's no clear answer to that question. I'm not saying there's a hard and fast rule that no, you can't go, you can't participate in any way. I don't mean to say that. But that's just an example of where sometimes our fear causes us to hold back and to keep silent. When a word of love word of loving confrontation and challenge may be called for, yet our fear causes us to withdraw. Perhaps we're afraid also of rejection, of looking silly, of coming to be known as a church lady or a piously devout guy, right, who's super uptight about everything. We often think that if we follow Christ unreservedly, we'll lose friends, we'll lose social contacts, we'll look silly. Or perhaps, too, there's a fear of failure. In situations where perhaps I'm called to live radically and surrender, I'm not up to the task, my willpower will give out, I'll lose interest or in perhaps feeling as if I'm called to do a certain work of mercy or of, missionary, of, of a kind of missionary proclamation, that if I stand up in this public way, I'll be criticized for my own faults, or my message will fall on deaf ears. These are all fears that, we're, that we face, right? Whenever we feel that nudge, and we've often felt it, 
hey, this Lent or this Easter or this summer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really dive in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more committed to prayer or I'm going to work at the soup kitchen like I've been meaning to or I'm going to join that Bible study or small group that I, I've been invited to 16 or 17 times and said no every time. And then when it comes time finally to show up or to do the work, we find a way to excuse ourselves or explain away why now isn't a good time. It all is based in fear. Jesus addresses the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of fear, or excuse me, of failure, of conflict, or of rejection. Sometimes we can receive the message that if I'm engaged in conflict, if I've experienced failure, if I'm somehow experiencing rejection, that I've, that I've screwed up, that all of those things are a sign that I'm, I'm out of whack, that if I were really one of Jesus' disciples, I would never experience discomfort or conflict or disagreement or failure. Jesus, Jesus wants us to know that that's not the case. We should expect these things, in fact. We should expect them if we're following him. We ought not underestimate even the ways in which our rejections, conflicts, and failures might be part of God's designs. Because he called us, as St. Paul says, to a holy life, not according to our works, but according to his own design. That in the beautiful and wise plan of God, even our most sincere, perhaps misguided or overzealous attempts to follow him can also be incorporated within his plan. We don't know, after having a difficult conversation or trying to articulate why we, we believe something very strongly, so strongly that we choose not to participate in an activity or a, or a celebration, we don't know that our account of why that is doesn't plant a seed in that person's mind and heart, even though they keep their distance from us or treat us differently. We don't know how the Holy Spirit might years later even use that as a little irritant, like a grain of sand in the shell of an oyster, <clears throat> to produce something that may lead to their conversion and sanctification. We don't know. We don't always get to see the fruits of our faithfulness. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be bold in seeking to live in this way. If we, if we really want to set out again on this path of faithfulness, if we really want to leave behind our land, our kinsfolk, all of the things that we've earned, I believe the best way to do so is in response to Jesus' call to repent and to believe in the gospel. And we experience that as Catholic Christians through the sacrament of reconciliation. And I want to invite you this Lent to take advantage of that sacrament. As is the custom here in the diocese, every Wednesday evening from 6 to 7 p.m., every, every parish, every church in the diocese offers confession. And that's true here and at Christ the King as well. That act of entrusting ourselves to the mercy of God, despite our weaknesses and failings, is something like hearing that word, do not be afraid, trust in me. 
So it's a chance for us to ask ourselves, do I have any serious unconfessed sin on my soul? Either from the recent past or the much more distant past. Have I gone to confession and received communion in the last year? Do I publicly reject or deny any teaching of the church, whether that's our doctrine or our moral teachings? Do I need to repent of those things? Do I practice my faith in a committed and a devout way outside of Mass? Am I known as a follower of Jesus? Have I ever received communion without being deliberately conscious of what this sacrament is and why it's being given to me? These questions, even though we do an examination of conscience and perhaps feel, gosh, I don't know what I should confess or how I should confess it or whether that's even necessary, perhaps they're an opportunity for us to review and to to see where is the fear in my life? What's holding me back? In this holy season, let's hear these words of Jesus from the Mount of Transfiguration. A moment where his glory is revealed to his disciples just prior to his trial, his torture, his crucifixion, and death. So that, with, so that they will not fall away when the time for conflict, rejection, and failure comes to meet them. May our encounter with the Lord today, may the consolation we receive in this worship and in this, this spiritual nourishment through, the Holy, through Holy Communion of His body and blood, soul, and divinity, prepare us in our own small ways to meet these challenges to not grow discouraged, to not be afraid, and to bear our, our share of hardship for the sake of the gospel with the strength that comes from God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.